What's going on, Asymmetry? Hey, hey, hey. It's been a hot minute. We've been out in the wild doing radical things, and we're very fortunate and blessed to come back to a garden filled with joy and creativity uh, with none other than uh, the beloved young Cho. Um, we spent a year trying to manage our kusimono on our own unsuccessfully, I will say, and uh, we're lucky enough to be able to ask Young to come out and see us again, further educate us, and as she evolves her understanding and knowledge of kusimono, uh, to have Young out to further add clarity and expand our understanding of this magical medium and this beautiful art form and her journey inside of it as it's continued to evolve. Uh, really, really touched uh, by the time I get to spend with Young, and I'm sure you'll enjoy this too. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Young Cho. What's your first memory? That is from my house. Uh-huh. Yeah. As in, I grew up in Seoul. In Seoul. Born in Seoul, born and grown up and lived there whole my life in city. Mm-hmm. So in Seoul, I born January 1st. Oh, are you serious? Yes, I You're did. You're a New Year Jan- baby? New Year baby. Holy uh, cow. So in Korea, January 1st is the one of the biggest holidays. Yeah. So my mom prepared all those food and everything. So celebrating January 1st. But I born in the morning, early, early in the morning, 4 o'clock, I think, in the morning. Wow. So everything canceled. Mm. When someone born or died, they cannot celebrate it. So I became, yeah, it's kind of famous because, oh, because I born, <laughs> everything has to cancel. Uh, whole family. It's For like, one year though, right? Just that year. Yeah, just okay. one year. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's course. not like it's not like a curse that follows you. Yeah, but um, in Korean culture, especially back a long time ago, I think boy is the more important than girl. So girl born in January 1st may, can be kind of not that good idea. Good. Right thing, but in my family is different because we had so many boys. I'm the I was the first uh, girl from the family that time, so everybody loved it. Uh, have me, mm-hmm. so I grown up all my life with really lots of love from parents, relatives, or teachers. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's I started my I born. Mm-hmm. In Korea, and my first memory, I think probably my house. We have my father built the house when he got married and start family. And so, um, it's a very beautiful Japanese style house with a garden. Oh wow! Yeah. So my father worked in government, but he love plants and flowers. So we have so many different trees and plants, flowers. And the house is like Japanese style house. So we had five rooms, but two room was tatami room mm-hmm. and all shoji door, window, uh, that kind of ja- beautiful Japanese house. Uh-huh. So I enjoyed that beautiful garden, flowers, the grown up with that, but I never worked in the garden, but I enjoyed it. Now, now, was it a Japanese style house or was it 
Because it's my understanding that a lot of the aesthetics and a lot of the architecture and even some of the art forms that Japan is known for originated in China and Korea mm -hmm. and then migrated to Japan. And there was always a Mr. Kimura had kind of a consistent conversation about the fact that Kyo Mizudera in Kyoto was completely Korean designed and constructed. Oh, really? And, and that, and he made it very, very clear outside of Japan, obviously Taiwan had great bonsai, but that Korean bonsai was of a very high level, if not equivalent level to Japanese bonsai. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the world just didn't know about it, didn't have that same awareness. And so when you say you grew up in a Japanese style home, you know, was the Japanese architecture inspired no. by Korean architecture first? Or how do you, how do you, how do you know, know and differentiate that? How he built that house, uh, he hired probably a local architect and it's just a simple yeah. Japanese style, you know, okay. roof and uh -huh. garden kind of Interesting. house. Yeah, it's Korean, Korean yeah. house. Korean house. Yeah, yeah, but Japanese style. So, so all of the plants there form your first memory yeah because you're, you're growing up in the i city. still remember that beautiful trees and flowers yeah fragrance flowers. do they still live there your parents still no live there? uh no not anymore uh -huh. they, you know these days all korea especially so they uh built a high-rise buildings apartments so i when i go back a few years ago i couldn't really tell where it was uh, it's totally different now right yeah but i live all my life there mm -hmm. pretty much for my life before I come here. And um, so that's my um, uh, memory of the Korean life, uh, living in that nice house. I was very uh, like city girl, always like, and also grown up like princess. I was very special. I always thought I'm very special person. I, that way my father treated me something different than my other siblings. Mm -hmm. He always took me a nice um, kind of museum or special restaurant or uh, even he took me some his uh, trip, his work-related trip too. So, uh, yeah, pretty much always, and I always wear the dress. Mm -hmm. I don't, I have lots of pictures too. My father loved taking pictures. So always wear a little um, dress. So I, I grown up kind of like that way. And also uh, my school, uh, elementary or middle high school, even college, I went to the woman's school, woman's Christian private school. Okay, That's another maybe build on my characteristic too. So um, I was always kind of good kid. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, very formal, it formal, sounds like. Yes. Formal, formal upbringing. Uh -huh. Yeah. And growing up, like I was like flower in the uh, greenhouse or conservatory, so uh -huh. always protected from parents or school teacher. Right. So I didn't really know about real world outside yeah. because growing up that way. Now, now, did you at the time? Did you enjoy that? Was that um, was it positive? Yes, yeah? I was. Um, I tried to be a good kid, and uh -huh. yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, so when you when you reference like having that kind of upbringing, it sounds to me like your dad had a very beautiful or romantic idea of 
how to raise uh, a cultured wo- woman, mm-hmm. right? Yes, uh, it sounds to me right, and it and it sounds like it was kind of great. Yeah, it was great. I think I didn't really realize back then, but um, when I think back, I think I was very fortunate. Yeah, and uh, I because I always love flowers um, and plants. I want to study horticulture or agriculture field, but in Korea. Even here, too, horticulture field is not a popular subject. Right. And also, school is pretty far from where we live. So uh, I already have artistic kind of talent in calligraphy or oriental art. Mm -hmm. So uh, I couldn't study horticulture back then. I always wanted, but Mm -hmm. couldn't study. So that was my kind of life in Korea. And then I moved here. And... I found the National Arboretum um, when I moved to America because uh, we had a little uh, building in front of, not far from Arboretum, two-story old building. And, oh, Arboretum, the, I, I, was, I really enjoyed that go there mm-hmm. to enjoy the beautiful place. And one day, one of the volunteers who worked in herb garden, she kind of, we talked a little bit. And she said, I can volunteer at the Arboretum. So I signed up the volunteer mm. and they put me in Bonsai Museum because I guess I'm Asian. Mm-hmm. But that time I didn't know anything about Bonsai. Nothing. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> put you in the Bonsai Museum because yeah. you were Asian. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and you were like, I'm just, I'll, I just like working with plants. <laughs> but I didn't know anything about Bonsai and also gardening. Right. And so they first day they put me in watering, not bonsai, gardening. Uh-huh. Uh, it was so hard. And you know, I came to work with lime green suit with the matching shoes. Yeah. And everybody think, oh, are you here to work? And I say, yeah. Your clothes might be get dirty. And I say, oh, it's okay. I can dry clean. And it was kind of they think I'm crazy, but. That much I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. What is gardening meaning? Yeah. And I barely can speak English. And so I kind of work. And one day they put me, pulled out with in front of the Bonsai Museum exit gate. Right. So when I work, I didn't know what is weed and what is a plant at that time. Right. But I tried to pull out whatever he said, I should pull that out. And there's a big worm came out with the plant. I'm so scared of bug and worm. <laughs> you may hear this morning big loud scream. Yeah, oh we God. were up on the deck talking with the architect, <laughs> and we just heard, <laughs> and he said, "Oh my gosh, is everybody okay?" I said, "Don't worry, it's young. She's freaked out of bugs." <laughs> it was a big slug. It's so big, yeah. you can't believe it. it was so scary one. Yeah. Anyway, oh, it was a big worm came out with. The weed and I was so scared. Just this screaming, it, I can't help. It's just automatic. Sure. And then there's a lot of visitor passed by me, and they everybody ran to me because the scream was so loud. Yeah. They thought some big thing happened, and they saw the worm, <laughs> and they started laughing. I was so embarrassed. Oh. That's it. Today is my last day volunteer. I'm gonna go home, and I was almost crying. And back to the bonsai museum, I told I'm gonna to- tell them I'm gonna quit this. Right. And the day, um, I don't know if you know Melba Tucker. Yeah. 
Yes, IK. And the rock, she collected a lot of rock. She and Dr. Elias, he's director of the arboretum, he was there. Uh, So special event we had at the annual event. And he was, uh, she was giving him special private kind of, like, what is it? Kind of workshop? Workshop or like a tutorial? Create psyche. Oh, okay. And Dr. Eli asked me, Young, why don't you join this psyche Learn Psyche with me. He invited me. You know, director asked to me join, so I cannot say no. Yeah. I say yes. And then I, oh, it was so interesting mm-hmm. on the tray, creating rock beautifully, right. and then put some olive tree around. Oh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved it right away. And there's no worm inside the tray. <laughs> so, um, I I stayed. Uh-huh. If the day he didn't invite me, I wasn't here. Wow. He's a very important person for me. And he's the one actually uh, put me, he and his wife, Hiromi, he the, arranged the trip to Japan. They mm. introduced me, the Mrs. Keiko Yamane, my teacher. Mm. So I went to Japan to learn this art form from her. So he, so... Uh, what what's his full name? Thomas Elias. Thomas Elias. There yeah. we go. Yeah, and very 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 beyond being the director of the National Arboretum in D.C., he he also is heavily involved in Suiseki yes. and uh, viewing stones as well as uh, scholar stones and Chinese stones. Like he's he's like very well educated, very yes. well versed in this in this world. Right. Wow, fascinating! And to think that you started with Melba Tucker, who. Oh, is such a character I and know, such a legend. Is. Yes. Absolute legend. She, oh, she's a very interesting person. Um, maybe not easy to get along with her too. But she and I, we had really great relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, she loved me too. So she invited me to California. Mm-hmm. And I went to California. I stayed at her house for whole one week. And um, she introduced me all. We went. I went to many different places: John Naka, Orniko, Maribel. When was this? How? Uh, what? What year? Oh, when it, is roughly? it? This about twenty years ago. So this is uh, early two thousands, late nineties. Maybe. Yeah, I cannot remember. It's a long time ago. Long time. Yeah, maybe Man. twenty to twenty-five in between. So I got to know all of them, visiting all Darius' house, and get kind of friends with them and every, uh, Harry Hirao was there too. So, yeah. Wow. It was great. You got, you, you like the greatest hits of Southern, Southern California yeah. bonsai. You just got the whole kit and caboodle. That's mm-hmm. really, that's quite special because that moment, that was right when I was in college, 2000 to 2004 and getting to spend time with that community mm-hmm. down in Southern California was really, was really yeah. priceless because it, it wasn't long after I graduated college and went to Japan that John died, mm-hmm. and uh, and that kind of started this whole sort of um, shift in identity for Southern mm-hmm. California bonsai and that community. I think they're still trying to find yeah. their identity right now. So yeah, um, I had a really good relationship with them. They came to Arboretum every year. Right. So yeah, we had the. Yeah. yeah, that makes Wonderful sense. Relationship. Now, how did Thomas Elias know of M- Mrs. Yamane? Ke- Keiko, oh, Keiko Yamane. Yamane. Yeah. Yes. Yamane. Uh, she 
is uh, she is a Saburu Kato student. Okay. She was she does bonsai. She did bonsai too, but she was more interested in the accent plan uh-huh. Kusamono. Um, she is the best, I think, Kusamono artist in Japan. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. So are there other? Are there other people? Other, yeah, besides Mrs. Yamane. Yeah, I heard that there's others. But uh, Dr. Lies and Hiromi introduced me. Her. Interesting. But she cannot speak English or Korean, so I had to learn Japanese first before I flew to Japan. Mm-hmm. So I learned Japanese first and then went there three times and learned how, from her. How long did it take you to learn Japanese? A one, whole one year. Uh-huh. If I learn Japanese from Korean to Japanese, it would be easier. Uh-huh. But there's English in between. Uh-huh. It was a hard way to learn Japanese. I have to keep translating. Now, are there similarities between Japanese no. and Korean? Mm-mm. No. Chinese, Japanese, Korean. I learned Chinese too. So I know all the kanji. Mm-hmm. That, is, that was a big help. Uh-huh. Knowing, already knowing about kanji. Uh-huh. But still, uh, it wasn't that easy way to learn, but I had kind of enough to have conversation with her. Wow. So I went there to learn. Oh, it was a great time. I had a wonderful time with her. Uh-huh. What 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 did what did Mrs. Yamane's Kusumono practice look like? Was it a daily practice? Did she do it on a daily basis? No. No. Uh, I I don't know how her schedule like, but she has group uh, they come to her house, uh, learn how to create kusamono. Yeah. And her kusamono garden was amazing, beautiful, lots, very natural setting, mm. lots of, yeah, it's, it's very nice. And her little tiny Japanese style studio, she teach class from there. Mm-hmm. Where in Japan is she? Uh, Kamakura. Kamakura. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful place. Oof. <laughs> I know. By the ocean. I didn't see the ocean. She took me some nice uh, big daibuchi, the place, and nice bamboo forest. Oh, it's just a very yeah. nice, uh, about 40 minutes away from Tokyo, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, by train. Yeah, yeah by Kamakura train. Kamakura is very, very special. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and, and you're close to the ocean there, which mm. is really, did you see the ancient, the big ancient ginkgo at the, uh, the Shinto Shrine? Yes, the she really took famous me. Yes, massive yes. ginkgo. That oh, a really really special beautiful. place. Yeah, wow. So that's I learned from her, and um, it's like it's not like Japan the bonsai. Mm-hmm. She respected me, and I respected her, and she was a wonderful person. Um, yeah, it was morning to evening kind of intense classes. Mm-hmm. Now, and did you work with her other students? No, pretty much myself. Just but the there two is, of you. Uh, no, but there is uh, her student's helper. She has apprentice. Uh-huh. So she was there together. And sometimes she invited another another lady. So we learned together. Sometimes myself, uh-huh. sometimes with them. And are you creating kusamono? Yeah, created kusamono with her. How and what to... does she do with all these kusamono if she's creating them? I understand so, what bonsai artists do with kusamono, but mm-hmm. what does a professional so, kusamono artist do? I, I don't know a lot about how she did, but her kusamono, a lot of kusamonos there, but she does um, exhibit twice a year, spring and fall in front of the uh, American embassy. Oh, wow. But there's a temple, a little temple there. Uh-huh. Beautiful setting, exhibit. So 
a third, my third visit was uh, helping her how to display, uh, kind of help her, helped her uh, display. Mm-hmm. And same time, I learned how to display. Wow. Yeah, it was great. It was beautiful. Three times in a short period of time? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, three about ti- one week. Uh, so short period of time, uh-huh. I went there. Uh, and then, and is this over the period of a year that you went three times? Five years that you went three uh, times? In three to five years, I think. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. In short and when you would come back from this experience of mm-hmm. being there and working with her, yeah. what would you do? So um, since I'm volunteer at the Bonsai Museum, I started creating Kusamono, mm-hmm. what, I, what I learned. So that's what I did. And uh, they, the Bonsai Museum asked me to kind of solo exhibit at the Bonsai Museum. So I prepared that big exhibit. Mm. It was a really nice exhibit, actually, with running. So uh, I bought lots of tile, display tool and pots or some wooden panel, all kind of things. Everything's so expensive in Japan. She took me one of the uh, wooden panel. He's the best wooden panel maker. Like uh, the Jita that yeah, you placed Jita. the Kusumono mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. Wow, it's an amazing place. Mm. <gasps> But um, it was beautiful. It's so natural, mm-hmm. natural and beautiful things. But I couldn't buy a lot of stuff. So I need more something to this display, except do the exhibit that Bonsai Museum whole exhibit wing. That's pretty big size. Mm-hmm. So I went to uh, visit Ran Lang that time, asked him um, buy, uh, to create some tile or some parts for the exhibit. Right. I asked. Him. And so uh, he and Sharon uh, helped all mm. of those. And that time he said he didn't really know what I am doing with those things. I gave him uh, books, my teacher's books, and gave him some ideas what what kind of things he should create. So we, we had a really big reception the day, opening reception. Mm. It was a beautiful day. And Ron Lang came. I was kind of a little nervous. What if he doesn't like what I created, all this thing with his pot or tile? So I was waiting, end of the exhibit, though, kind of exit area. He was walking slowly, look all of those, and kind of came to me. He um, he has kind of little tears in his eyes. He said, Young, I didn't know what you are going to do with this, but it was Beautiful, he said. It was really wonderful. Mm. And that was the best compliment I got that day. Oh, it was really nice. <laughs> Such a teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good dude. Him and Sharon. You, yeah. you know they retired. Yes. They're done making ceramics. Oh, they don't do anymore? They stopped. They're oh, done. No. Yeah, they sold their uh, studio. And um, <sighs> yeah, Ron. Oh, Ron's last uh, body of work is available on his website right now, and there wow. will be no more for he and Sharon. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I went to the one one year. Uh, their what is it? Pot bonsai pot uh, open kiln. Yeah. Thing in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah. So I did some workshop there. Cool. It was it was really nice, and when I just drive into their house, have you been there? Uh huh. Yeah, to it their old beautiful. place. I haven't been to their new place in Carolina, but oh, their old place. Beautiful place. I kind of right away tell, oh, this is Frank Lloyd Wright's kind of influence yeah. house. And yeah, there was his students built that house. Right. And when I got in, he said, 
he's is their bed, master bedroom, and there's a two guest room. He said, "Young, this is a bonsai room, and this is a kusamono room. You stay in kusamono <laughs> room." Um, and uh, Jimdo was bonsaiist the day, so he stayed that room, and I stayed kusamono. When I walked in kusamono room, there is the big kusamono poster on the wall. Oh wow! There's a my kusamono with his pot big poster that is the kusamono room i stayed there a few days and it feels like i'm just staying over frank lloyd Wright's house right because i love his yeah work oh. architecture it's amazing yeah wherever i go always try to go visit frank lloyd house me too yeah i me did too. a few weeks ago too it was beautiful uh i think that had you know speaking of environment influencing somebody's body of work i think when you look at ron's uh contribution to ceramics in the bonsai realm he just added a, such a high level of architecture to his ceramic work and 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 it just makes sense because again he's he's living in this environment and and when they created the ceramic studio in the garage mm -hmm. they had it designed in the same spirit as the house material wise finding an architect that could mimic and kind of carry forward that theme and have it have continuity and not be some generic ripoff or less than, uh, you know, addition to the property, mm -hmm. he said was really challenging, but man, they nailed it. And their studio, it just, the whole vibe was very Frank Lloyd yeah, Wright and very architecturally right. intelligent and Beautiful. intentional. Yeah. So I, very beginning of this Kusamaro, I, before I go to Japan, he had a big exhibit, Bonsai, uh, what is it? Insights. Insights. Insight. Yeah. I went there, that show in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. That time I was kind of interested in Kusamono. Oh, I saw his work and beautiful display. And there's some Kusamono kind of accent was there. And I wished, oh, I wish he could use my Kusamono for this. Can I kind of wish it. Uh, I wish I could use his part to create some kusamono sure. for him. That kind of wish I had. That yeah. time he didn't even know me. Right. But after a few years later, I'm using his part. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, oh. that was a nice one. I'll miss, uh, I'll, I'll definitely miss collaborating with Ron. He mm -hmm. really, he really opened my eyes to the ceramic vessel. Yeah. So uh, while I'm volunteering at the Bonsai Museum, I back to school. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went back to uh, school studying horticulture. Mm. Yeah. You never told us why you came here from Korea. Why did you, why did you move from Korea? Is that not... Uh, should we avoid that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I, I didn't run away from Korea. <laughs> but there's another story. Yeah. Can, you want to leave that I, out? Yeah. You want to omit that? Okay, fine. Yeah, so I came here and then back to i went back to um school study horticulture uh -huh. okay perfect yeah so it was kind of wonderful volunteering at the bonsai museum and studying same time there's just perfect way to do it and, and where were you where were you studying at uh, university of maryland okay. maryland yeah they have a good horticulture program so it was wonderful to learn all this thing but i have to study i have to get Entomology. Oh yeah, the study there of insects. A, yeah, that <laughs> is that is you have to take that class. Yes. 
but I couldn't take it. It's, I'm keep withdrawing, dropping, failing right. because I cannot even look at them. Yeah. I cannot study them. Oh my God, it was so scary and it was kind of hard. So that entomology holding my theory for a while because I could, I thought I never get degree because of entomology. Do you have like a phobia of insects? I'm so scared of oh, those. Oh, wow. Anything, cool. Yeah, I never thought about that. scared of anything, no leg or too many legs. Uh-huh. You have too many leg bug in your guest room. I saw that yesterday. It was what? so scary. No. There was. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll go get that it. That went into the, under the refrigerator. I was so scared. Oh, my gosh. Oh, anyway, yeah. I'm so scared of anything, any creature. So snakes don't snakes. No, not... no, no, no. Uh huh. What about lizards? Oh, lizard. Oh, that's I don't like that either. But uh -huh. uh, it's that's not that. Bad. They're not that but bad. But spider, I'm not scared of spider. Isn't it interesting? That's very interesting. That's almost exactly the opposite <laughs> of most people. So, one point I met psychologist because I want to get rid of this phobia of scary bugs. I did. And. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. What a holy creature oh. is the scale of this. I know it doesn't mean I hate them. They are beneficial, like yeah. worm. When I see worm in the rain, they came out concrete. I feel so bad. I want to save their life, but I cannot touch it or yeah. I cannot save. Oh, it's hard. Amazing. Anyway, Amazing. Anyway, but I took very special entomology class, uh, kind of graduate program. So... It was not, I don't have to go through all that bugs. It was just focused on greenhouse insects. So mm -hmm. it was manageable with my friend's help. They mm -hmm. did it all, a lot of work for me. Like you have to collect insects and, yeah. you know, submit all those things. My friend helped me. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> I was going to say entomology without a bug collection <laughs> is like not entomology. So somebody had to gather these yeah, bugs. Yeah, oh, wow. helped me. So... After I got degree, oh, no, even before I start working, my first job was working at the bonsai museum. Mm -hmm. But I worked only three days working at the bonsai museum. The other two days, I had to work another collection, Gotelli collection and Palm Valley. Oh, at the bonsai museum is okay, but uh, working outside at the other collection two days, oh my God, it was so hard. Mm, because work of the heat? No, no, why? just I'm not good at work outside. Gotcha. Physically, physically, I'm not good at work outside. And also, there's always an insect yeah. and bug, worm. I cannot scream, keep screaming and work. You know, it's, that's, ah. Oh. Yeah. So that job didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> I work only three, I think six months. And then... And you said, I don't want to work here? Or they said, yeah. Uh, no, uh, it, I think the, there is some uh, other thing. So I think I have to kind of stop it. And I, so I moved to another agency mm. that NRCS is. The, the, I work at the National Plant Material Center. It's the same mm. USDA. But we work uh, to uh, plant, find the solution for plants. So I work with native plants in that place. So I learned a lot about native plants when I worked there six years. Mm -hmm. uh, and that time I worked, start to work with the seed. That is my beginning of the uh, gaining experience of seed, with managing seed. So I worked there for six months and then I worked in Florida, the 
eco-educational concern for hunger organization. It's a non-profit organization. I work at the seed bank there too. Mm. And then I'm back to Arboida. Oh, before I go to Florida, I work back to work at Arboida. I was a propagation horticulturist. And then went to Florida and back to Arboida. So this is third time can I back working at Arboida. So you started there? Bonsai video, yeah, first. Three days a week, <clears throat> two days at another agency. Mm-hmm. You moved, you, did you collection. continue to work at the Bonsai Museum? Oh, yeah. The My whole time? whole time. Bonsai Museum volunteer is, I'm life lifetime volunteer. Uh-huh. More than 20 years. Okay. I work, yeah, volunteer there whole time. So uh-huh. I'm staff and also I'm volunteer. Wow. So back to... Uh, Back to Arboiram about six, seven years ago, six or seven years ago. Okay. I'm working at the research unit and I'm in charge of seed bank at Arboiram. We uh, work with only woody plants. Uh-huh. And so that's, that's my real job, seed specialist. What, and what is the seed bank? Well, what is the National Arboretum? Woody Tissue Plant Seed Bank do? What do you do? So uh, we got all of these seeds from all around the world. It's not Who do you only get them national. From? Hmm? Who do you get them from? Who to getting from? Who do you, where do you get the seeds from? So seed, we have scientists or the group of the people explore other countries too. They collect some seed and send or uh, we request them. So they send it to us. Like most like... Uh, arboretum or garden or researchers or researcher uh, from universities. So they send it to us or we mm-hmm. have, yeah, really a lot of seeds there. And, and you store these seeds yeah, or you store, propagate these seeds? Store seed, some propagation too, but store seed, um, minus 23 Celsius. Kind of minus 23 yeah. degrees celsius yeah so it's freezing. very cold freezing yeah freeze the seed how long does a seed last at minus 23 degrees oh, celsius it depends on seeds some seeds you cannot store like oak tree the quercus they cannot store so some oh. of them yeah cannot so we when we get we distribute right away so distribute like, to who to whoever need it or want it are these Public gardens? No, are these yeah, sometimes public gardens. Private people? Sometimes private people too, uh-huh. uh, if they provide the reason why they're asking. Okay. So uh, there is a way to, you can get through green, G-R-I-N. So uh, you have to be a member and then request, then uh-huh. we distribute. So I do that. I distribute seed. Or when I getting seed, like Quercus seed, when we getting the oak tree, oak seed from other country, we have to go through APHIS inspection. Mm-hmm. So they check everything like x-ray and find out any insect or something this is going on. They checking. Mm-hmm. If there's something evidence, they put it in the fumigator, uh, control them. Mm-hmm. If they're fine, we still have to go there if it's to sow the, all the seed live there until they germinate and make sure they are fine then they release gotcha. so it takes for a while yeah and then we bring back to uh where we are and then distributing or keeping at the arboretum 
So do you propagate seeds at the Arboretum that you then pot up as they get bigger and eventually you transplant them into the and Arboretum? into the Arboretum or distributing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I do some propagation works too. Uh-huh. And also we do germination testing. But um, most of the time we work with the forest service. So mm. we send the seed to them. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So that's my seed kind of... And you do work. that, and 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 you like that. I love my work. You have to know scientific name of the all the seeds. Yeah. So scientific name, you have to know about them. You have to know characteristic of the seed. Is it storable or not? And um, yeah, you have to know all of those things. But you're doing do. this and lots of database. So I work with lots of data, or uh -huh. data entry, or managing. So most of working in the office. Uh, or greenhouse. But you're doing this on woody-tissued perennials, and a lot of what you work with inside of Kusumono is not woody-tissued yeah, species, it's right? Not. You're working with understory species. So you have this whole <laughs> body of knowledge of, uh -huh. you know, bonsai-relatable species yeah. and bigger tree macro-environment species, but you're dealing in the micro understory as your focus of your personal passion. Yes. Very, very <laughs> fascinating. Yes. It? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's my real job. Uh, working at the, yeah, at the now, can, seed can, bank. Hmm? Can, can I ask you a question? Because you are also a part of a moss identification yeah. club. I am very, uh, moss is another my kind of interesting and passion too. It's so, um, moss is amazing. It's amazing. Amazing. Uh -huh. And so I'm member kind of the moss club in right. Maryland. So we collect moss from wild and identifying them mm -hmm. under the microscope using key. It's amazing. Mm. And, and then... And then each moss needs different conditions, just like each plant needs different yes, conditions. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, different condition, but we identifying them. And then do you cultivate mo all these no, moss species? No, just identify that moss club doing only identifying uh, moss in Maryland. So that is just uh, that way. It's even shape of the cell is one of the key to identifying moss. Mm. It's just amazing. When you see moss under the microscope, it's so beautiful. Wow. It's just amazing. And, and do you cultivate moss I on your did. own? I did. So because I'm interested in moss and Kusamono needs lots of moss. I make lots of moss ball too. Yeah. So moss is very kind of important for me. So I cultivate myself growing moss and also I did lots of experiment yeah. how to grow moss. Right. So collect moss and grow them, different mediums. Or wow. I, uh, what is it? The using mixer, the blender uh -huh. to blend the moss with the buttermilk or beer. Yeah, or, yeah. I did all this experiment. Mm -hmm. Grow them. It was kind of fun, and yeah. So you actually blend the moss spores with a sugar sugar source, essentially. It's or a, a because those are moss love acidic soil, uh -huh. acidic so condition. Buttermilk is the most kind of acidic. I think four point five. Buttermilk oh, is four point five or three point six. I forgot. Buttermilk was low, and beer was or maybe buttermilk was three point six, and beer was four point six. I did it, this experiment really scientific way. Uh -huh. Everything I check all pH and. 
uh, it was kind of fun to do that. Uh, and the result was beer was the best because buttermilk kind of somehow they molded easily. Uh, maybe too acidic, you think? Uh, because I thought because I put it in first my ex- experiment, I put it under the bench. So I thought maybe air circulation wasn't mm-hmm. that great in the greenhouse. So second experiment, I did it outside. I put it outside. But still, it wasn't that great and animal kind of mm-hmm. attract, kind of scratching and kind of disturbing. Ruined it, yeah. yeah. So, but beer went to pretty well. Interesting. Yeah, it was so fun. Interesting. So I do that too, moss. Yeah, so um uh so I am working part-time three or four days a week at Darboyram. And then I teach Kusamono. But when I learned this Kusamono from Mrs. Yamane, simply I just loved it. So I learned. I never thought I'm going to teach class like this mm. nationally, internationally. It was kind of it's fun. I I enjoying it. I have mm. big passion. When I work with the Kusamono, I'm so happy. I forget about everything. I just uh, it just uh, make me happy and I uh, share my whatever I know with other people. That is another fun too. Mm-hmm. I I'm really enjoying it that too. Mm. But um, I am in the point is really hard to managing this my job and Kusamono yeah. profession. Yep. Is too hard as just these days I'm traveling almost every weekend is really run me out too. I have to decide make decision <laughs> what so so when I when I decided to do bonsai as a career I thought I'm gonna try to become as knowledgeable as I can about this subject matter that I love mm-hmm. so that I can do it every day I was I was never under any illusion that doing bonsai as a career was going to be easy um, but just, just knowing that I, I don't have to do bonsai when I'm finished with all of my other responsibilities to mm. know that bonsai was my responsibility motivated me. Mm. When you got into Kusumono, you did it cause you loved it. Your love for it has grown. Does it appeal to you to think about doing Kusumono professionally being at this point where you have to make a decision? Yeah, I think I have to make decision this point is really because it, this Kusamono is threatening my real job. But I really have passion in Kusamono. I love my job too. Mm-hmm. I'm good at uh, But, you know, at some point I have to retire too for my job. So eventually I will be in Kusamono kind of full-time yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah, eventually. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm working on kind of it's not easy, but I'm working on writing a Kusamono book too, uh, because there is not many uh, in English. Sure. So a lot of, whenever I kind of go teaching class, um, they always ask to me about it. So I'm working on it, but uh, my English ability is always kind of mm. <laughs> make me harder to write about this. But everything is in my head. Mm-hmm. I just need to pour down. Yep. Well, I need kind of help to, yeah, do this. How much, how much, when you say you're working on a book, you do beautiful photography of your work? I do lots of photography work. Uh-huh. Oh, the photography is really, really hard work. Yes. I think not many people understand this 
how hard it is. To do it well is hard work, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of a perfectionist. So that's problem too. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just take picture, but I can't do that. Right. I has to be, lighting has to be perfect. And and somewhat the plant looks fine, but when I see the picture, it doesn't. Then I have to clip it some branch or we the whatever yep. make that look nice that repositioning so that looks nicely so people just see that picture nice picture but behind that taking picture is a lot of work mm. and also processing and i do kind of basic simple thing using lightroom uh crop and kind of simple thing but still lots of work takes a lot of and time my yep. daily life like Go to work seven o'clock in the morning, and after work, uh, traffic is always pretty bad, and I have to water all my kusamano. I just don't have my kind of free time. Mm-hmm. I'm losing my friends these days, and because I don't have time with my friends, yep. and I take care of my kusamano. And when I see them, they are blooming and beautiful. They keep yelling at me. <gasps> Pick me, take a picture of me. I can see they, yeah, they're screaming at me. Oh, but I'm so tired and I don't have time. Just don't have time. Yeah. I My email, text, and people think I'm something wrong, but I just don't have time. Yep. Don't have time to deal with it. A lot of things. Yep. Just so busy, busy days. Mm. Preparing my next trip and yeah. Oh. Hard. And yeah, photography is really a lot of work. So yep. Lots of work. I took a lot of pictures, but I just don't have time to posting. I just don't have time. I try, but. Uh, I get it. <sighs> you know, we have over 200 trees to add to our gallery on mm-hmm. com. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I continued to take the photographs that I did, but doing all the post treatment, uh, uploading them to the website and doing all that was something that I just ran out of time teaching and making trees and maintaining mm-hmm. Mirai. So like, it'll be when we update the gallery, which should be happening soon, uh, it'll be 200 trees that we're adding to the gallery, but it's like three or four years mm-hmm. of just, it, because the to- the amount of labor it takes is yes, extensive. It right? is, and it is. But but it's important to document. Yes. You have to have that visual documentation. That's but, what we do. But Christmas is more difficult. You have professional staff, but I don't have anyone. I'm just doing all by myself. I know. All by myself. And like flower, some flower just bloom one day. Yep. I, if I miss that day, I have to wait another year. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that is good uh, on you, Young. That's crazy. It is, that, crazy. That is crazy. People don't understand how Mm-mm. difficult it is. You better appreciate the photos, y'all. <laughs> Everybody recognize yeah. the effort that that has to be pushed through to right. get to this level. And uh, being, um, it's a kind of another topic, but being a Korean American. Um, Artist, yeah, yeah, Kusamono artist, uh, work with this Japanese art. Um, so in history, Korea and Japan has kind of difficult time, yeah, long time ago. Um, so when I start working at the bonsai museum, I have kind of same feeling. Oh, am I just working for Japanese or kind of feeling I got it actually very first time. Mm-hmm. But when I met 
uh, all the Japanese artists, they are wonderful people. I mm. love them. They are so wonderful. I love them. And I'm really grateful, but um, Korean people don't understand. A lot of my Korean friends, they, yeah, why you work for Japanese? Right. And they don't, they don't like it. And one day, like, we had a big Japanese e event. It was a beautiful, big event, uh, Japanese embassy involved. Um, so I wear the kimono the day because I have several kimono, beautiful. Mm -hmm. I have a Korean dress too. I wear it sometime, but I love all different kind of custom. India is another beautiful dress. Yeah. I want to have all of those. So I wear kimono the day. I was so happy and it's so hard to wear it. It's so complicated. Yeah. You can't believe it. I cannot do myself. Right. Anyway, I I was so happy, but my friends, I invited my some of the Korean friends too, but they didn't come because I wear kimono. Because of that simple fact yes. that you wore a kimono, they said we're not going to yeah. be coming. They said they are not coming. What? Why you have to wear kimono? They asking. So, uh so I don't have many Korean friends. I have a very handful now. So, um, and some people call me I'm fake Korean. Oh, wow. Because I'm very different than just typical Korean woman, especially. Uh, I'm different. I know yeah. I've grown up different way, like than other. Um, and I, I don't know. Does that make so, you sad? So Does that make you sad? First, I was sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, because rejecting from my own country people. Yeah. Yeah, because, because I'm different. Sure. They don't accept that difference. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm more like Japanese than Korean. But um, anyway. What, why? Um, Obviously, there's a long history of intercultural dynamics in Asia, much like there are in each sort of continental region of the world and even intercontinental sort of relationships that form that create stereotypes or, or opinions about entire cultures void of individual experience. You don't have any sort of, uh, like you just said, you really are interested in multicultural uh aspects and and traditional fashion or clothing or garments and stuff like that why do you think that you have korean friends that have strong feelings about the japanese but you yourself don't have those same feelings yeah why is that yeah. um i think it's not only japanese i respect and kind of give the value of each different culture mm -hmm. their culture is this it from work. your father or your mother? Or maybe, like, how, where did this come from? Maybe it's from my father too, because I grown up that way too. He gave me a lot of different kind of culture. Uh -huh. When I grow up, I, he showed me all different things. So maybe that's what it is too. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm interested in all different things. And right. yeah, that's, it's kind of fun to learn something new too, always. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that one of the bonsais. Uh, he called me fake Korean. I'm fake Korean because he said first, uh, I cannot drink. I'm not 
drink. I don't really. I, if I drink a little bit, you maybe mean al- half al- alcohol? Yeah, cool, half, yeah, right. Half, little, Korean little people wine. love drink, but sip, yeah. yeah, a little bit half glass, I start laughing and I talk something <laughs> that I shouldn't talk. Maybe if you give me wine, I probably talk so many things <laughs> that I shouldn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to we tried to look you up the first time that you did uh, Mariah live. I did, yeah, yeah. Just, just 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 to take uh, the edge off, and, and was, you took like two yes. sips, and you were like, "I'm it's, good to go." It's, it's second time actually we are doing this podcast. <laughs> first one didn't work out because I was drunk. <laughs> we decided not to put it on. So oh, yeah, this time without a wine, you got tea. Doing, I got tea. We're this keeping time. it safe. <laughs> we're keeping it safe. <laughs> So that's um, funny. Anyway, um, yeah. So I cannot really drink. So that is one, and I cannot drink spicy food. And I don't even have kimchi in my refrigerator. I saw the kimchi. Anyway, uh, you saw so kimchi in there. the refrigerator. <laughs> I I love kimchi. I think Nico loves uh, kimchi. Yeah. So I don't eat. I cannot eat spicy food. And he said, I'm wimpy, you know, Koreans oh. are oh. strong, but you are not. And what is fourth one? I forgot what is that the other one. Anyway. I'm, well, Nico's moving to Korea, you I know. know. We had a, a great time yesterday. Did you, did, you, did you try to speak Korean to him? Uh, not really, no. Because oh, he's studying Korean, yes. which doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, it's so challenging. Well, so you've told us about your past and you've kind of told us about what your life has looked like over the past seven years and you're at this point in your career where you are making decisions yeah what is the what does the f- future look like for you or yeah. how do you even begin to formulate that now? my future yeah this is really kind of i'm it's i'm in point that i have to make decision right. this is i remember i enjoyed your podcast too um one time you said Wait until absolutely have to right now. Yeah. So I'm waiting that moment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll see. It could be soon. Uh-huh. It, yeah. It may be because I, I cannot handle this anymore. It's kind of way, it's too much. But I, I want to have a very simple life. I don't really chasing fame or money. I just uh, want to have a simple life with doing what I love, mm-hmm. which is I love Kusamono, do myself or teaching. So so is it the duality of it? You like to teach and you like to create, or mm-hmm. is there one that is dominant, more dominant than the other? Do you like to teach more or create more, or are they I equal? I think equal, almost equal. Equal? Yeah. So you'll do you always see yourself having uh, your own Kusamono collection as well as teaching, mm-hmm. and and do you see your teaching being a little bit more like Mrs. Yamane's teaching yeah, style? Yeah, uh, Mrs. Yamane's teaching style is not. I don't think I am doing like her. She's doing. Mm-hmm. I think I probably do a little more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not like kind of you or others. I don't have ability to build or do something. So, for example, one day, uh, so what is it, Mihan Nursery, Martha, she came to my house one day. She saw all my kusaman in the backyard. Mm. And she told me, Young, you need a redneck. <laughs> you, need, you need a redneck? <laughs> That's what she said. Because she's seen lots of work yeah. that I cannot yeah. handle. Yeah. 
So for example, I need another bench because I have so many kusamono and I don't know what to do and I have to wait until someone who come and help me. Yeah. So I don't even have a good ability to nail the nail. So I, it's kind of hard to do all this myself. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm, yeah, like princess without maid or anybody. Yep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. I get it. I get it. I I look at what um I look at what it takes to operate. Mirai, mm -hmm. obviously we have a lot of trees. The trees demand a lot of attention. Uh, but Kusumono, although the material aspect of Kusumono is more financially accessible, the work that you have to put in to do Kusumono well is not less demanding than bonsai. It's very, uh, your relationship with the plant is equally as intense and demanding. And the expectation if you want to do Kusumono to the level that you're pursuing it at, the expectation and awareness of conduct has got to be very, very high and very, yeah. very involved, right? Yes. So, like, um, I don't sell my Kusumono. Uh, I did one time in Denver a long time ago after a big exhibit. I couldn't take back. So that time I did it one time, but I usually not really... But sometimes, I know a lot of people, they ask me, Young, can, you, can I buy your kusamono? Um, I'd rather give it to them than selling. I'm not the business person. I'm not, it's like, oh, it's very hard for me to do this kind of thing. But I tried to several times, but it's so hard because, oh, you know, the plant cost, getting those kind of unusual plants mm -hmm. or something, Plant cost is not that cheap too, and right. pot is expensive. Pot is expensive. And my work yep. creating and taking care of years, yep. water them every day and maintaining. Yep. I did lots of work here and so much work to do. I couldn't come here last year, so I'm kind of feeling overwhelming this morning, just maintaining the, all these kusamono. Oh, that's so much work. So much work. And but most of the people they want to have really kind of like wanted to have price of a pot and plant mm -hmm. that cost. Yeah, but I I think that's just that's just what you're working to change and raise awareness of too. You know, because your work over time, the thing that you can't buy at a garden center is you can't buy the age and patina of the plant and container becoming a symbiotic harmonious unit together, mm -hmm. you know, and to, to, to get it to that point, I think I look at this with bonsai too. It's like once a bonsai has taken on an established shape and has an established root system in an established container, mm -hmm. the work after that is more accessible for people to maintain that. But to create that, a raw tree, uh, unpotted, unstyled, and the transition of that tree, the narrative arc of its creation and refinement to a point where it is in a position that somebody with a lesser degree of skill set can take it on, that means that that has gone through all of the risk, mm -hmm. all of the highest level of technique and yeah. knowledge and right. artistry, mm -hmm. and now it's at a place where it is more manageable. Like, th what's the value of that narrative arc, right? And for Kusumono, it's just as Mr. Kamura used to say this, 
at auction, the most expensive thing is going to be a Kusumono of the caliber that it could be shown in the Kokufu. It's going to be more expensive than the bonsai trees themselves. Wow. You know, and there's obviously like a, a threshold to that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not seeing $300,000 Kusumono pieces. Oh, one time in LA after demo, that piece went, I think, $475. Yeah, dollars, right? That little, yeah, yeah sure. $475 for that one little piece. Absolutely. And that didn't even, that's after a demo. What about the pieces that you aged have spent? one? Yeah. What's the how, what's uh, the longest you've spent on a piece in your yeah, collection? Yeah, it's more than ten years, tw- ten to twenty years. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And you and and where else can you buy that in the right. world? You just can't yeah. buy that. You can't. Yeah. That's not that's not a that's not something. So that piece is you know basement entry price mm-hmm. point is going to be several thousand dollars minimum. Yeah, and I'm so scared of selling too because this is like my child is special yeah but somebody buy this even the high price and then i feel he may if he missed one day watering yeah. or miss water it's gone yeah i feel oh, so sad sad if i it's find a, that yeah yeah but that's where you know what it is though oh. young that's where uh i think um, as you ch- continue to work out sort of the nuances of your future mm-hmm. in this whole thing, I think that's where you really have uh, a grand opportunity to consider having a, a school or a uh, a place that people come. Yeah. You have students that are dedicated, mm-hmm. your really high-level pieces. You've now trained individuals who who have the skills to take care of it and you can feel more secure and Mm -hmm. it becomes more selective for you to distribute your art to people you know can can take care of it and number two, appreciate how much time you've put into it. That yes. that has been successful for Mirai. Uh-huh. So yeah, yesterday I did with the filming the how to create Kusamono, start from shopping plans right. and creating. With someone who doesn't know anything about Kusamono. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so fun. That was the, my best filming here. Yes. And work with, uh, especially it was just so fun. And I had a great time and it went very well. Yeah. So uh, I don't know when are you going to post. You, know, you I don't will know. see it. That's up to Eve. You will see it. it I it would was... imagine this podcast will go hand in hand with, uh-huh. with that video. So yeah. they'll probably hopefully hear this and then have the opportunity to mm-hmm. see that uh, soon after. Yeah. Because I'm really excited. I just got pictures of it and mm-hmm. it looked really interesting. But Eve is Eve is really uh, a special person to work yes, with. She's fun and fun. talented and yeah, all this stuff. Made me kind of relax and I, we had a great time and Josh was wonderful filming yeah. yep. all those. I really appreciate all your staff, wonderful staff. Yeah, we. Thank I, you I so feel much very, very lucky. That. Yeah, I feel very blessed with this yes, team. Yes, yeah. So um, I'm going to kind of conclude. Um, Go for here. it. If you have any other questions, I, I I know so much more now, and it's really interesting because when we tried to podcast before, I think like. The whole notion of being a bonsai professional or being a kusumono professional is such an outlandish, crazy thing to consider living in North America and the culture that is here, right? It's such a it's such an extreme outlier option. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people romanticize what it must be like to be a kusumono artist, to be a bonsai professional. 
working on trees every day all day that must just be so great that's the image but but it's not it's very very challenging and you've been working it out you've been figuring this out and and you know so much more now than mm-hmm. you did the last time that we talked yeah and you're still in the process of working right. it out and it's probably a lifelong endeavor to figure yes, this thing out right it is yeah many people see my kusamono beautiful and elegant the nice piece it's like i kind of talk about this before i i'm like swan on the lake looks beautiful and quiet and peaceful and elegant outside but under the water their feet keep moving yeah you have to keep moving to yeah wow so it's like that um that's a, that, so that was really quite the analogy yeah there. maybe yeah if we have another chance we can do another time but um i like to kind of conclude yeah, here that feels uh, good. With i'm my gonna let you guide the journey journey yeah so um i want to say one more thing and then you got it um so uh i have seriously thought about giving up kusamono several times it was kind of really sad uh, moment (laughs) because um anyway however uh, i cannot give up kusamono even though i have uh, many complex situations and challenges in my life but uh I cannot give it up. Yeah. Because this is my heart, my love in it. Um, <clears throat> and many people enjoy seeing my beautiful work, but they don't know how much time and effort goes into creating, maintaining, and photographing it. I also am constantly updating my knowledge about plants. It's so many things to kind of know about all this wetland, the sun loving shade and all different plants, their their root system, how I you have to know to create something that yeah works for. So and anyway, overall uh Kusamana needs a lot of patient like bonsai. Patient to create and also maintaining as something beautiful. It is very exciting to see my vision come true and what drives my path. Um, I can feel my new chapter of life will open, open up soon uh, rather than force the direction I'm kind of heading, headed. Uh, I would prefer to flow wherever life takes me. Mm, an open book. <laughs> yes. The next chapter. Next chapter. Mm. Really nice to sit down with you today. Thanks for taking the time. I love having you out here and uh, and just admire and respect what you do. So it's really been a pleasure, Young. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Until next time.